0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast that I've been putting together over the last while where I like to talk about all things investing, where I get to share with you some of my thoughts, some of my takes, and other people's takes about what's going on in the world of investing, what's going on in the world of stocks and ETFs. The whole goal here is for you to take some nuggets of information, some insights, and bring them back to your own personal investing situation, with the goal for you to improve your ability to make better investment decisions. My name is Aman Reina, and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And as an investment coach, what I try to do is help people who want to become more financially independent. The problem that I've seen that a lot of people have, uh, especially when it comes to investing, Is that they often feel intimidated frustrated confused by the whole process Uh, i work with people who are brand new to investing i've worked with people who have been investing for a long time and are just frustrated because they just can't get their portfolios to to grow uh, meaningfully so what i do as an investment coach is i teach people i teach these people i work with these type of people and hopefully to educate them and help them make more educated and more successful investment decisions so that they can improve their chances of achieving financial freedom in their lives and achieving it with confidence. So just want to share with you uh, some feedback I've been getting. I've been getting some really good feedback about my uh, five-part series uh, that I did on trying to answer the question about what drives uh, stock prices, and uh, I've been getting some good feedback on it. People have found it really interesting and insightful. And from my perspective, thanks. I hope that's that's the case. Makes me feel a little bit good about it. Um, if you haven't had a chance, uh, definitely check it out. I try to get into some look at, try to answer this fundamental question that we all ask when we're when that. Like, when we're making any kind of an investment decision, is you know what makes stock prices go up? We want to invest in stocks. So how do we know what drives stock prices? What makes them go up? What makes them go down? Uh, and so I try to take an approach from it by applying some principles, because um, ultimately principles and behaviors uh, drive stock prices, not necessarily formulas and mechanics. And so the whole series was really about understanding what those principles are and what are those behaviors that influence uh the way stock prices uh stock prices move so if you're into that kind of stuff uh definitely check it out on uh on my website sageinvestors.ca you can also check them out all my podcasts like this one are available through apple podcasts as well so today is decision day this is uh the episode where i like to kind of share with you periodically my own personal investing decisions that I have me- recently made. The whole goal here is I really feel strongly for me to be as an investment coach, as somebody who teaches people how to make investment decisions, how to analyze and you know, evaluate and, and buy and sell stocks and ETFs that I very much believe in practicing what I teach. And and this whole, what I like to do is jump on here every couple of, you know once a month at least, every few weeks uh, and share with you my most recent decisions and not necessarily just giving you stock tips, but it's just more about the process that I go through to try to figure out whether I want to buy or sell a stock or an ETF. That's really what I want to share with you because really when you look at investing and making investment decisions, it is a process. It's it's a very iterative, repetitive process. And if you're able to define a framework for how you're going to make decisions, the people who really do this well, who are really good at investing, they have a framework, they have an ideology, they have a playbook that they execute. And my goal is just to share with you how I make my decisions and give you that insight, give you that perspective of what goes into making an investment decision. How do you go about figuring out if I want to buy this stock or how do I figure out if I want to sell this stock? So so uh, let's just jump in. Here's uh, decisions i'm going to share with you are the decisions that i made in april um, april was a crazy month against so, you know it's weird last year was just such a depressing year for stocks and uh this year's just been a complete flip it's just a flip-flop it's just stocks just keep going up and up and up it's almost like it's like 2017 again and uh, so in the month of april i was able to i made a few decisions some involving selling some stocks and I made a couple of decisions where I decided to buy some more shares in stocks and ETFs that I currently own. So I'm just gonna walk you through the uh, thought process that I went through to make these decisions. Again, these are not a, uh, uh, an endorsement to buy, for you to go out and buy and sell these stocks. These are just my decisions that I made on my own independently. And uh, again, focusing on the thought process that goes through it. So I'm going to share with you my decisions that I made. You can find I posted also a blog, uh, a blog post uh, on my website, sageinvestors.ca. So if you want to read it, you can you can read the uh, uh, some of my thoughts and uh, my takes on it. So let's uh, let's cut the hype and, and and get down to it. So first decision I made um, during April, the month of April, was that I decided to buy some shares in Calmain Foods, ticker symbol. C A L M. Um, as much as the markets have been going up over the past month or most of this year, um, they're they laggards. There's always you know stocks that are doing great, and then there's stocks that aren't doing so great. So one of those has been Calamine Foods. Uh, this is a stock i've owned in the past and if you've been a reader or been following my podcasts or my blog um, you'll know that I've, I've held this position several times i've held shares in calamine it's been a pretty good stock for me in the times that i've owned it the last time i owned the stock was in 2016 and if you go to my website and do a search for calamine foods you can see the analysis that i did at that time where i applied my eight question framework to figuring out if i wanted to buy shares in it so if you actually go back to that if you go to my website and do a search on it uh, a lot of the ways that i answered methods that i answered that the questions are still quite um in effect um today when i was looking at framing my decision about cal so i'm not going to get into that as much uh, but uh, um so if you go to my website you can definitely get the analysis on that but so, what triggered, you know, to me, what triggered uh, my decision to buy it? Well, the, basically, the, the first factor was the stock has been falling. The stock was trading in the mid 50s at one point, And now, yeah, when I started to look at it, it was in the low 40s. Uh, fundamentally, the business is no different than what it is now. It is still the dominant uh, egg producer. Calamane Foods, they, they are an egg producer, they are all things eggs in the U.S. and they're considered still the best of breed egg producer in the United States. Um, Looking at the numbers, the company continues to generate strong economic profit, um, has a really clean balance sheet, and it's a company that's been has demonstrated an ability to create wealth in in the good cycles and in the bad cycles of the the market. Uh, So the fact of the matter is the stock has been trading low. Um, There has been some pressure in the industry And, but the fact, you know, so when I put the fact of the matter is stocks trading at a low value, low price point, there is definitely trading, there's trading at a discount. It's a best of breed producer. It's got clean financial position. to me you know the concept of investing is buying low and selling high so when do you want to buy stocks do you want to buy stocks when they're, when they're trading at a when the sentiment is lousy when the when the business cycle is lousy but if you can find those stocks out there or those companies where they can continue to generate strong economic profit generate high returns on invested capital in a down cycle of the industry of the of the business um, those are your, probably going to be the laggards of today are probably going to be the leaders of the, of the future. So um, when I looked at the stock, it was down in the low 40s. It was at the $40 range. And uh, I thought, you know what? I think there's definitely some upside on this stock. And uh, this is a stock, Calmaine I've had on my wish list of, of companies that I would love to own if it came down at a really good price point. And I think at this point, when I looked at it, and I looked at the fundamentals still are intact with the business. Um, I thought it was a, a great time to jump in. So that's essentially what I did. I, I decided to uh, open a position in Calmaine Foods and uh, buy in. Um, what I'm going to be doing actually with Calmaine is I'm probably going to do another podcast or video, uh, mind map video on Calmaine uh, in the near future. So be on the lookout of it, uh, for it. Um, just come out to my website and uh, I'll let you know, don't worry, through this podcast, through Stock Talk, uh, when I've posted it. And I'll go do a little bit of a deeper dive. Next decision, uh, I decided to buy some more shares in the iShares Pharmaceuticals ETF ticker symbol XPH. Um, another sector that's been kind of languishing in this uh, so far this year has been healthcare, and the drug stocks have, have definitely been taking a hit. The stocks, uh, this the, this ETF, the farm, this iShares ETF, was trading at about forty-eight, forty-nine dollars, and now it's trading in the around the forty, and it was trading as low as in the thirty-eight level. Um, this is my second time owning this share, as I as I said in past uh, episodes, uh, I bought it. In a previous instance, I bought at the $40 share where, I, where it is right now, and I sold it at about the $48 level. So I made a pretty decent profit the last time I owned it. And so the fact of the matter is, the stock um, was trading back down to the 40 level. And uh, I looked at basically the sector, and right now, healthcare stocks, drug stocks, they're totally out of favor right now. There's a lot of hand-wringing going on in the sector. I think primarily because of all the chatter that's going on um, in the US about offering some kind of universal health care, um, talking about health care for all. It's going to become a probably a pretty big election issue in 2020, and uh, the lines are being drawn. Um, there's a real ideological debate out there, and uh, a lot of discourse and a lot of polarization around healthcare. care. And, uh, you know, the current president. Is kind of all on board about reducing a lot of the stuff that the previous president had included. Um, so there's a lot of divisive nature with that, and that has created a lot of angst about people wanting to own healthcare stocks because they feel okay if government comes in and regulates everything like crazy, regulates everything, that it's going to lower the profits and margins for 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 healthcare companies, and so that's pretty much what's taken the the the, the sector down. When I looked at it, I thought, you know what? The fact of the matter is, the the there's such a divisive debate about this that I think there's going to be a lot of analysis paralysis around this. And my take on it was because the lines are so drawn ideologically about the whole, you know, universal health care concept. Uh, I don't think anything's going to get done. I just honestly I don't it may not even be my generation at all in my generation or time that this may get resolved. This is something that could probably go on for years or decades. In the meantime, you have still got these health companies that are cranking out products and 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 and, and products that people need uh and are gen- are selling and are selling them at a, at a nice margin. So my take on it is right now psychology around healthcare stocks. The healthcare sector is pretty negative, but meanwhile, the business keeps churning along cranking out crazy profits. So um, my take on it is I thought, you know what, this might be a good time to uh, buy some more shares and take my cost base down and eventually set it up for, for another cycle, uh, upward cycle in the sector. So right now it's out of favor, but it wouldn't surprise me to see this sector uh, kind of take a take a kick up and uh, do dominance. So that's, so that's kind of what Uh, led me to buy some more shares of uh, the iShares uh, Pharma uh, ETF. Next couple of decisions that I made were selling decisions. And my first decision, my first selling decision was, uh, and it was a tough one. Sometimes the selling decisions are much harder than the buying decisions. And my first decision was uh, Disney. I decided to sell all my shares in Disney, ticker symbol DIS. And I ended up pocketing a thirty-nine percent gain, and that's factoring out any foreign exchange um, adjustments. Um, I bought Disney several years ago. I bought it for my one of my for both my kids' uh, education savings accounts, and uh, I bought it with the premise that this is a stock I'm going to buy. I'm going to be happy to own it for a long period of time. I don't know, five, ten years or whatever i think it was a stock that i thought that could steadily grow meaningfully over a long period of time i bought it in my average cost base was uh um, what was my average cost base it was 96 dollars and they ended up selling it for about 131 dollars uh, a share so um for most of the time that i've owned it the kind of stock has been in a, in a trading range trading in between 100 and 116 bucks so i was a you know about 15 to 19 percent on the stock but then in the past month the stock popped and it went up you know up to the 130 132 range and the big reason why is the markets were just um, all giddy about their streaming service and finally disney had announced that they have announced uh they were going to kind of put all their content their wealth amount huge amount of content and go directly to the consumers uh, through their own kind of Netflix-esque service. And they provide a little bit more detail about what the costs were gonna be, the subscription costs. And it turns out that their costs are gonna be, the subscription costs to the Disney Plus um, service was coming in at about $7 a month, which is much cheaper than the Netflix offering. And uh, the market just loved it, because they think that's just gonna eat a lot of market share away from Netflix. And the stock popped. It was trading at about 115 114 And then all of a sudden, it was like $132. Um, so I had a decision to make because my playbook, my ideology is about owning stocks where I can get at least 20% return. So this stock, when it was up 40%, I had a decision to make. Do I hold on to it? Do I bank the profit? Or do I, um, do I hold on to it? Or do I bank the profit? And uh, so I was really kind of... As I said, selling decisions are a lot harder than the buying decisions. When I was trying to face this decision, this is what was happening at the time. The Avengers movie came out, Avengers Endgame. And, it, and when I was made this decision, the, the movie just came out, and it proceeded to do $2 billion in sales in the first two weeks. And I thought I thought that the stock was... I think the stock was moving up way too fast for my liking and the fact of the matter is i said you know what i'm up 40 percent i got a pretty healthy return um i think i feel comfortable with selling the stock and so that's what i did i sold the stock i didn't sell the stock because i hated the company because i still think disney is a fantastic stock to own it's a stock i would i'm gonna i have on my wish list um to me i think it is the best of breed media company uh, it is a dominant player in pretty much every, it has its tentacles on almost every facet of the entertainment industry. I think, you know, for people who are regular listeners of my uh, podcast, I've talked about um, sectors and companies that have the potential to own the OS for their industry. I think Disney has the potential because their, their, their portfolio of content is so um, dominant. You know, the Marvel stuff, the star Wars, the Pixar, just the old Disney stuff. Um, ESPN, the sports, they have got um, a huge array of content that they could go and sell directly and make a pretty damn good return on it. And uh, I think right now they're well on their way to building that infrastructure to be that kind of OS for entertainment. And uh, and uh, I think it's the best-of-breed company. And so... I felt comfortable selling it and banking a forty percent return. If the stock were to drop, I'd be more than happy to to go in and buy some more shares of it. So that was my take on it. So I'd rather just bank the forty percent. St- if the market crops out, um, I'll go back in, and uh, that was my decision. And that's how I decided to play it out. Um, tough decision because you know, as I said, I like the company. I like everything it does. Um, and there's no reason why the stock could keep going up. It could easily go become like a $200 stock at some point. But again, this is the thing about investing is you have to have a really good feel for what you're comfortable with. What is, com- what is a comfortable return for you? What is a comfortable loss for you? And how you manage those? Because that's really what separates run-of-the-mill investors from really great investors who really know their stuff and can consistently grow their portfolios is they you know, have a playbook and they execute it. And so basically what I decided to do is follow my playbook. So that's my decision to buy a Disney? Tough decision, um, but I'm happy with it. I made a good profit on it. And maybe in the future, you know, I could see myself popping back in on it if the stock were to fall back uh, a little bit further. My final selling decision that I made during the month was I decided to sell my shares in Southern Copper Company, ticker symbol SCCO. I ended up making 18.2% return on it, again, factoring out any currency adjustments. Unlike Disney, which I've held for many, several years, um, Southern Copper I've held for literally a couple of months. Um, I wasn't expecting to sell the stock. I was expecting this. Stock to kind of kind of slowly trudge its way upward. Um, it's uh, and this is also my second time that I've owned the stock. I owned it in a previous uh, iteration, and it was it was a good iteration. I ended up making money off of it. Um, but the thing we we have to understand about investing is investing doesn't go on your schedule. It, stocks go up and down um, based on whatever it wants to do. The market does whatever it wants to do. It's like the weather. Um, my whole logic for owning um, Southern Copper was the premise that with the Federal Reserve putting a, a pause now on interest rate hikes, that that would create a downward pressure on the US dollar. And if, that's a down, if the US dollar were to fall, that tends to be not a perfect correlation, but a, a pretty decent correlation, a significant correlation. With respect to commodity prices, so a falling U.S. dollar then trigger uh, higher uh, commodity prices, so copper prices going up. Um, that was my logic where I bought it, and when I bought Southern Copper, it was trading at a low value, um, primarily because the U.S. dollar was rising and, and commodity stocks were taking a hit. So I thought it was a, a classic buy low sell high to get in on copper while it was kind of languishing. And... Uh, and Southern Copper to me was, I thought, a best of company. It's probably the lowest-cost producer out there for copper in the industry. And uh, and so again, the fact of the matter is, the stock has been, you know, popping up again because uh, com- copper prices have have now popped up. And uh, again, I was up at 18 percent, pretty close to my threshold, my 20 percent threshold. Um, and so I put that all together, and I thought, you know what? I'm happy to bank the profit on this, even though I've only held it for a couple of months. An 18 point, 18% return for a couple of months, you know, hey, I'll take it. Um, so I sold it. But I, but I have it on my wish list also. Um, if the stock were to pop back up uh, or crap out again, um, if the economy were to start slowing down and anything related to that side, um, I, I'd be happy to pick it up again uh, from that side of it. So that was my decision to sell my uh, shares in Southern Copper. So some good decisions I made. Some, some some decisions that I made today this month kind of bore some fruit with Disney and Southern Copper. Uh, I bought some shares in some companies that were kind of lagging, but uh, it was kind of it was in a way it was quite a bit of a satisfying month because uh, because uh, what i what, what you're what I'm seeing is the fact that I'm applying my ideology, my investing playbook. This month was kind of maybe a textbook example of how my investing playbook has been um, paying off for me, has been a real, having that investing playbook has been a really big, a big benefit for me. Um, because when I look at what I did, I saw that I was consistently applying the methodology that I use to make buying and selling investment decisions. And the fact that it brought some rewards to me this past month um, gives me a lot of comfort. And the fact that I was being able to buy some shares in companies or in sectors that are languishing, I think is gonna set up a nice foundation for future returns. Um, And so a lot of decisions, I really give a lot of credit to having that kind of framework and that methodology, that ideology to frame my investment decisions. And I would say almost this month is kind of a textbook example of why it really helps to do that. I think one of my takeaways uh, that I would share with you is that after you sell a stock, um, there's no reason why you can't go down the road in the future and end up buying that stock again. And a lot of times we try to look for companies to invest in. And sometimes the best companies to invest in are companies we've invested in the past. Because if the fundamentals of the business are still the same, but it's coming in at a lower price point, there's nothing stopping you from from buying those shares again and that's kind of what I want to share with you is just you don't have to be owning new um, things no, new stocks or new ETFs it's perfectly cool to jump back into things you owned in the past um, even if they didn't work out but jump back in on them um, I think the key thing you have to do is if you're gonna do that buy something that you owned in the past is that you're kind of running into a, a, lo- a fair amount of recency bias so when I made these decisions to buy Cal Maine Foods and, and the Pharma, stock, pharma ETF, you know, my, there's a lot of recency bias I'm fighting against because those were decisions I'd made in the past that were positive decisions. So I have to be really careful that I'm not just buying them because I did well with them in the past. You still have to do your due diligence. You still have to do your homework to validate that these companies that you want to buy, these stocks you want to buy, are still... Have that potential to generate strong returns for you, so nothing wrong with recycling your stocks. just make sure you do your homework and just don't do it on a default. just make sure you do your homework and make sure everything checks out um, really interesting insight it's just I, I just can't speak more enough about how having a, having a playbook to frame your investing decisions is probably one of the best things you can do. I would recommend it highly. If you're interested in doing that, talk to a professional, talk to a financial advisor, talk to a broker, talk to an investment coach. As I said, I work with people to help them make better investment decisions. And part of what I do to help them make better investment decisions is develop a playbook for them. It's work with people to develop their investing playbook. And uh, if you're interested, give me a shout. I'm more than happy to uh, talk about it and answer any questions you have about it. Um, but I tell you, it's, it's, I'm just looking at my situation and I look at how other people that I've worked with in the past function now and the way they make decisions now versus the way they make decisions in the past. It's, really, it's a really big deal to have that kind of uh, to have that anchor for you to how you make investment decisions. So those were the decisions I made in the month of April. Um, if you have any questions about them, more than happy to answer them. You can find me through my website, sageinvestors.ca. Uh, you can send me an email through there. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is at sageinvestors. Um, I'm on there all the time um, tweeting my, my takes and commentary, my observations, my decisions that I make in real time. So you can find me there. You can find me through Instagram. My handle is at uh, no, sageinvestorsnation. And you can find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook page called uh, Sage Investors. You can find me through there. If you're interested, also, every Wednesday morning, I send out a little email blast. I call it In The Loop where I share any updates that I'm doing in terms of podcasts and videos and blog posts. Um, If you want to get on my email list, you can jump on there. I also share with you um, research reports, articles uh, that I'm reading and that I am reading and helping me frame my own decisions. Um, I share that stuff out too in that email. So if you're interested, just jump on my website, sageinvestors.ca, and uh, just sign up. You just need your email address, and boom, you're in. Every Wednesday morning and Wednesday late afternoon, I send out this, uh, two, ver- uh, two versions are not two instances of the email in case you missed the morning one. So that's all I got for you. We move on. We trudge on onward. Um, Thanks very much for listening. This has been another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amon Reina of Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye.